For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters. If the world hates you, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not lo love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Good morning, everybody. It's, uh, it's great to be back together. Well, you were together. I wasn't here for a while. <laughs> it's great to be with the fellowship again. Uh, summer holidays, people going. We, we, we spend some great time with, with our kids. And uh, share a bit more about that. But um, it's sometimes uh, tough decisions for us. Uh, do we spend time with our spiritual family or with our physical kids who we see less and less of now as they grow up. Um, it was great last Sunday. We were at all three of them together, the whole family together, first time since Christmas, which was, uh, was, was a real blessing and encouragement for us. Um, but speaking about family, I want to thank everybody who's been praying for my dad. Um, a quick update. I haven't posted it yet because things have been developing very quickly. Uh, he was sent home to await surgery. On Wednesday, they was going to go into surgery to prepare him for dialysis, which is basically an operation that they do in the arm to repurpose some veins to put in a permanent place, basically, so they don't have pipes and things hanging out of your neck where the arteries are, or your leg, or somewhere. Uh, new, new ways of doing things. Um, due to various reasons, that was postponed until next week, next week and then his, his condition deteriorated fairly rapidly. On Friday night, he was taken back into ICU. He was, he was at home, and then Friday night, he was taken back into ICU. Um, and yesterday, I think, yeah, yesterday, they put him on a something like, kind of like an emergency temporary dialysis. Um, I don't have any further updates, so I'll, my, my brother will speak to the consultant probably this morning, and then uh, hopefully this afternoon we'll have an update, and then I'll post something in the group. So. Uh, please keep on praying for my dad, George. It's a good name, <laughs> George. <laughs> um, please keep on praying for him. And, um, and also appreciate Joe's prayers for me. It's, uh, it's kind of hard. We, we're planning to go to South Africa in December for my, for my niece's wedding. And you know, do I go now? Do I go early? Do I wait? It's, 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 it's kind of difficult. Um, but uh, yeah, please keep on praying for him and that that he can uh, uh, get to a stable position and, 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 that, he's, and that the treatment will, uh, will work until he can get on more long-term long -term dialysis. <coughs> and uh, so thanks so much for, for, uh, for your prayers, everybody. We talked about, uh, back to our sermon. Um, last time I spoke, we spoke about uh, the previous passage in 1 John 2, and we talked about how the children of God are known for not missing the mark. The scripture says, the children of God won't sin. And it's like, how is that possible that you won't sin at all? It's like, well, it's about you won't miss the mark. And I had the target up here. Let me just turn that around. Whoops. One piece. 
And if you were not with us that day, I talked about how if we keep on aiming for the target, we'll hit somewhere in the target. And in the middle, there's a bull's eye, which Mulligan actually managed to hit once. Um, <coughs> and when we aim for the target, and sometimes we miss it on the outside, Jesus, his blood covers over that, missing the mark. So it doesn't matter. Uh, so we talked about that, that uh, not missing the mark. And as, as Christians, uh, our lives are known for aiming for the target, not aiming somewhere else. You say, oh, I'm not interested in the target. I'll aim over there. I'll shoot some birds outside. Or, uh, what I didn't talk about is what's in the bull's eye. In the middle of the target, there's that little dot that we call the bull's eye, uh, if you play darts. And that's what we're going to look at today. What is the bull's eye? Um, the message we had from the beginning. The scripture we've got here in 1 John 3, it says, For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. The first question, of course, is like, okay, hang on, where do, what is this from the beginning? It could be that, oh, it's from the beginning of when Jesus arrived, from the beginning of the gospel. But if we go back uh, right to the beginning, and in verse uh, 12, he actually gives us context. He says, do not be like Cain. So that gives us an idea of, okay, hang on, this beginning was way, way, way back in the beginning. Just after Adam and Eve were kicked out of paradise, when sin entered the world, this problem of needing to, to hear the message of loving one another already started. So please turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to Genesis 4. And we're going to read together from verse 2, the second part of verse 2 in Genesis 4, the story of Cain and Abel. Genesis 4, chapter 4, verse 2. It says, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why, is, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. This problem, this challenge, this issue of People's relationships with each other is one of the oldest problems of mankind. It actually even started a little bit before this, with Adam and Eve. Perfect, without sin in the garden. And we could ask ourselves, you know, would it have gone as badly if it was only Adam or only Eve? 
because there was a bit of an interaction between them. You know, shall I eat the fruit? Shall I not eat the fruit? Oh, let me taste it. Let me offer it to my husband. And the husband's like, oh, that looks like, yeah, I'll have some. And because, of the, because there were two of them, and they did not help each other to be righteous, they helped each other into sin. It's amazing how different our lives become, what other challenges we face when we're just not on our own, when it's just not me. And this problem we see with Cain and Abel as well. Now it's interesting. We see that a very clear contrast, Cain and Abel and their offerings. Abel's offer was accepted with favor and Cain's offer, it was kind of rejected. But what did God say to Cain about his offer? We see a clear distance. It's like in, hang on, why was Cain not like Abel? Is that not kind of how we normally think? It's kind of a very common thing to think that way, common way to, to think of it. But the Lord said to Cain, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Did he say, if you like Abel, then you will be accepted? Just be like your brother. Just be as righteous as him. Then you will be accepted. But he didn't. He said, no, Cain, I'm looking at you for who you are and at your heart, where you are at. But Cain didn't see it like that. He saw his relationship with God in the perspective of his brother's relationship with God. And that caused the envy and the anger and the jealousy that eventually led him to, to murder his brother Abel. And then when God confronts him, he asks this question, which God doesn't directly answer. He says, am I my brother's keeper? God doesn't directly answer him, but he said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. We could infer and assume that it's kind of a rhetorical question where God says, of course you are your brother's keeper. And I think that's why John quotes it here and says, this is the message we've heard from the beginning, to love one another. If Cain and Abel truly loved each other, then this murder may never have happened. But that is this old, old problem of mankind, is that mankind just seem to be unable to love each other deeply all the time. Somehow, somewhere, things go wrong. I found for myself that things go wrong when I start comparing myself to others, rather than comparing myself to myself and my relationship with God. And thinking about, is the bullseye of the target to be like Danny, or to be like Steve, or to be like Becky, or like my wife Liesel, who I live with all the time, and I see her goodness, and I think like, hmm, if I can only be as joyful as her, then if we start comparing ourselves and think that is the target, that's what we're aiming for, that's when things go wrong. Because it also goes the other way. When we look at each other, it's like, why can't he be like me? Why can't she be like me? I'm the righteous Christian. I'm doing my best. I love God. I love people. I'm living the Christian life. I'm sharing my faith. I'm giving to the poor. 
I'm kind. I'm compassionate. I'm devoted. I'm in church every Sunday. I read my Bible. Why can't you be like me? <laughs> and that's where it breaks down. When, when we forget this command that we've had from the beginning, like John says, that we should love one another. And that is the bull's eye. That is what we should be aiming for. That little dot in the middle. To love one another. That's what Jesus said. He said, this is the new command I give you. To love one another as I have loved you. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Jesus reminds the disciples when he was confronted. Someone came to him and, and, and tried to trap him. And they asked him a question. It's like, and, well, you know, is this, should I do this, should that? Is this the greatest command? What is important? Etc. Etc. And they were trying to trap him. And Jesus' answer in Mark 12, verse 30 was, when they asked him, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Is this new? No, Jesus reminded them again from something we've had from the beginning. In verse 30, he quotes Deuteronomy 6 verse 5. Way back to when the law was originally given. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And in verse 31, when he says the second is this, he quotes Leviticus 19 verse 18, which says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. He reminds them that I'm not giving you this new command. You've had it from the beginning. It's been there a long, long time ago. And these two are the greatest commandments. But then one of the other Gospels he says, but in these two commandments, the whole law is fulfilled. The whole law is fulfilled. Paul uh, repeats this as well. If you uh, turn with me to Romans 13, verse 8. In Romans 13, verse 8 to 10. Paul writes to the Romans... And he says in verse 8, Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And there are various other places in the New Testament. Peter, James, <coughs> reminds us of this idea. James said, if you only fulfill the royal law, which is the royal law is the law of Jesus, the law to love one another, you are doing well. And that's the main thing. What Paul says here, he says, all these commandments, whatever commandments they are, like you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, 
All of them are fulfilled by this command of love one another. Love God, love one another. So what does that mean? Um, let me take this with me. If we think about our, uh, our target here, these commandments kind of sit in the outer ring of the target. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. Do not insult. Do not hate. Don't worship idols. We can aim for the outer ring, but then we're just aiming for doing this, doing that, kind of ticking the boxes, fulfilling the commands. <laughs> but what Jesus is saying, you know what, if you just keep on aiming for the bullseye, keep on aiming to love God, love one another, love your neighbor, love one another, love your neighbor, then even if you miss that, all of these are fulfilled anyway. If you hit that target, you hit all of these other targets as well. If I hit the target of love your neighbor as yourself, then I will not lie to my neighbor. If I hit the target of love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, then I won't run after idols. I won't be distracted by the things of this world. If we keep on aiming for the target, then we also hit everything that, that is around it. And that is the message that Jesus and that John reminds us of here, is that this is the message we've had from the beginning. Don't aim for the outer circle. Just don't aim for to hit this command and that command and that command. Aim for the bullseye. Aim for really, truly loving one another. And this is repeated like multiple times. In the New Testament, there's like 52, 56, depending on how you translate it, etc., etc. Uh, scriptures about one another. There's a brief summary here, which I now realize is probably too small for anybody to see from even the front row, unless you've got... Can you read that, Danny? Oh, well, okay. okay. <laughs> Steve, is that big enough? You can read it. Okay, well, I'm impressed. I need to get my... Uh, where's my glasses? <laughs> this is just a, a summary of about half of these one another scriptures. Um, there's some duplicates and some that basically sounds the same. Let's take this off if I turn around. Uh, John 13, 34 starts the, the first new command that Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Why is the new command different from the old one from the beginning, the Leviticus one? Because the Leviticus one said, love your neighbor as yourself. Now Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. Wow, that's, that's a step beyond loving yourself. And when we have the communion, we'll come back to that bit. Things like be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another. Now, all of these things, be devoted to one another, that first one, John 13, that's the bullseye. Bang, in the middle. This, be devoted to one another. It's somewhere out there. Honor one another, somewhere out there. Romans, live in harmony with one another, somewhere out there. They're all built on loving one another. If, I, if we love one another, we will be devoted to one another. If we love one another, we will honor one another above ourselves. If we love one another, we will live in harmony with one another. 
If we love one another, Romans 14, 13, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another. We will instruct one another, agree, have equal concern, serve one another. Some warnings the other way around. You know, don't bite and devour each other, or you will destroy each other. Uh, don't provoke and envy each other. Uh, bearing with one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other. Speak to each other with songs, with singing. Submit to one another. Don't lie to each other. Bear with each other. Forgive each other. Uh, teach and admonish each other. Encourage each other. Again, encourage each other. Build each other up. Live in peace with each other. Try, always try to be kind to each other. Don't pay back wrong for wrong. Uh, encourage each other daily. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against each other. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. Live in harmony with one another. Love each other deeply. Offer hospitality to one another. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. <coughs> to be honest, if I have to tick all those boxes, I think like, oh my goodness, can I even call myself a Christian? Because I have failed. Let me think. Live in harmony, yep, failed in that one. Devoted to one another, failed in that one. Honor one another, failed in that one. <laughs> Stop passing judgment on one another. Failed in that one. <laughs> Accept one another. I failed in that one. Instruct one another. I'm pretty good at that one. <laughs> I, put, I can put one tick there. <laughs> Agree with one another. As long as we don't talk about football, that's okay. Um, equal concern for each other. Definitely failed in that one. Serving one another. Sometimes. I'll score a few points there. Um, conceited, definitely before I became a Christian, seriously conceited. Um, humble, failed in that one. Bearing with one another, to be honest, I get fed up with some of my brothers and sisters sometimes. Um, <laughs> so, failed that one. Kind and compassionate to one another, yeah, sometimes, usually, but not always, fail. Uh, forgiving each other, I'd say most of the time. But not 100%, so, okay, give me a few points there. Speak to another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I score on that one. I like singing. Um, submit to one another. Fail. Don't lie to each other. Oh, my goodness. This is becoming un uncomfortable now. <laughs> Let's keep that one. <laughs> um, let me see. Teach and admonish with... Oh, man. Teach and admonish. Yes. Score. With, with all wisdom. Oh, sorry. Fail. Um, encourage each other with these words. Sometimes, yeah. Live in peace. Mostly. Although, yeah, I, I can think of one or two brothers where I, I know, you know there's been some issues. And uh, still not quite peace there. Fail. Um... Always try to be, always try to be kind. Yeah, I, I can score on that. Is try is not the same as actually being kind, right? <laughs> so okay, let's call that. A, let's call that a score. <laughs> Encourage one another. Yeah, I can do that. Score. Oh, oh, daily. No, that's definitely a fail. 
Um, do I get half points if I just say encourage one another without the daily? It's like, I don't know. Um, where are we? Consider to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Yeah, occasionally. Don't slander one another. Fail, I think. Fail, I know. Uh, I know. I, I, I've said one or two things about a brother or sister. I think, mm, I shouldn't have said that. That wasn't building up. It was not necessary. It wasn't kind. It was, let's just call it slander. Fail. Don't grumble against each other. Never. Not me. <laughs> Fail. Confess your sins to each other. Yeah, occasionally. Give me half points there. Pray for each other. Occasionally. Some points. Live in harmony. Most of the time. Uh, love covers multitude. Offer hospitality to one another. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Without grumbling. Man, why do they add, keep on adding these conditions? <laughs> the first bit is always so easy. I, I can do that. Without grumbling? No, no not them again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's have an over lunch. Like, okay, it's enough now. Can I go home now? <laughs> um, clothe yourselves with humility. If we, try and, if we try and tick all these boxes, I'll never, I'll never make it. Oh, it's like, what kind of Christian am I? But what John is trying to remind us, he says, this is the message you heard from the beginning. Love one another. Just aim for the bullseye. Just keep on aiming for the middle. And the rest will sort itself out. All these other things are just built on loving one another. If we can just ask ourselves, is what I'm saying, is that loving my brother or sister? If we can just ask ourselves, what I'm doing, is that loving my brother or sister? It will make it so much easier. The new command that Jesus gave, he said, love one another as I loved you. That raises a tough question. How far will you go to love or not go? Now, I never in my life thought that I would be quoting meatloaf in a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me see, let me just see, okay, who knows who Meatloaf is? Oh, wow, I'm impressed. Kaiser? Victor, you need to educate your son. <laughs> what kind of father are you? <laughs> A good Christian father. <laughs> anyway, you're a musician, you, 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 go and Google Meatloaf. He's, uh, um, anyway, a lot of Meatloaf songs was written by, by Jim Steinman, actually. Um, and one of his most, in fact, his most famous song that hit the most platinum and gold. Um, uh, coming, it doesn't matter if you're, uh, I know people were stuck in traffic and had all kinds of challenges today. Um, he's, uh, in, in 1993, Meatloaf uh, published, whatever you call it, recorded, launched this song. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Uh, which, of course, raised the eternal question, which is still debated. What is, what is the thing that he won't do um, for love? But how far will we go for love? The old command was love your neighbor as yourself. And that kind of capped it. It limited it. It's like, well, 
yeah, that's a limit for me, so I'm not going to love you any more than that either. You, you, could, you could rationalize things in that command. It's like, in, well, I'm, I'm okay, you know, if people insult me a bit, so you know, I'll insult you a bit. I can take it, you know, I don't easily, I'm not easily offended, so, you know, you need to be able to suck it up if I say something that offends you slightly, because, you know, love your, as yourself. But Jesus raised the bar. He said, no, 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 love one another as I have loved you. How far will we go or not go? I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Is there a, a limit in our love for one another? In verse 16, it says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And I thought about this like, in, okay, love one another as I have loved you. Laying down your life. Would I lay down my life like physically, like Jesus did, physically lay down my life? For my brother or sister? Would I go that far? Or is it, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. And I was thinking about this. I was catching up on some old podcasts. And I was listening to Malcolm's uh, Quiet Time Coaching from April this year. It was just before Easter. And he was speaking about the silence and how little Jesus sometimes said. And it made me think about motivation. Have you ever thought and had time to think about your motivation for something? It, it got me thinking this week as well, speaking to my dad and to my brother about my dad. When he was faced, he was kind of like, had to make the choice. Dialysis is a very, it's a, it's a, a life-giving procedure that can extend life. My dad's turning 80 next month. Um, if you read the literature, on average, it will extend his life by a year. Could be two, could be three if he's lucky. Um, for one of those things. But it also means that three or four days a week, you spend half a day or longer in dialysis. And just sit there with, you know, on the machines. And there was a conversation around... The quality of life versus the extension of life. And many people decide, you know what? No, it's, I've had a good life. It's enough. I, I'm not going to put up with that. And really made me thought about my dad's motivation. And his motivation is like, no, I want to I fight. I want to live longer, even if it's not the quality of life that I had. I want to see my granddaughter's wedding. Have you ever thought, had time to just sit and think about your motivation for anything, for work, for maybe it's sport, maybe you want to, I want to run a marathon, maybe it's your studies, what you want to achieve, what, what grades you want to get, what you want to go and study after school, maybe it's uh, your motivation for your marriage. People in their marriages get to a point where it's like, why am I in this marriage? Why am I still holding on to this relationship? Why am I still a Christian? Why do I believe in God? Why do I live this, try and live this life? 
Some people struggle with motivation for life. Like, in, what's the point of this life? Have you ever had time to think about some things like, and what motivates me? Why am I doing this? Especially when things are tough, we tend to ask, why am I doing this? Couples, when marriage gets tough, as it sometimes do, and uh, if you've been married for a time and it hasn't been tough yet, amen. What a blessing. But don't think it won't happen to you. The times may come when you think like, this is tough. Why am I doing this? Earlier in the year, I started looking for a new job because things were just not great at work. And I asked myself some questions like, hang on, why am I doing this? I don't have to put up with this. I have options. You know, it's a free market. I can go out there and some other company will appreciate my skills and, and, and not abuse me and, and disrespect me and, and you know, not the company, but specific managers. It's like, hang on, I don't have to put up with this. But I had to think, sit down and think, why am I doing this? Now, Jesus hung on the cross for six hours, during which time he was mostly silent. In fact, he said so little that all seven of his sentences that he spoke have been recorded in detail. Now, six hours saying seven things, that's about speaking up one sentence every hour. Have you ever thought what went through his mind all that time? What was he thinking? Do you think he was thinking about his motivation? Do you think he was thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I staying on this cross when I could call down a legion of angels to come and take me down? Why am I staying on this cross when I can hardly breathe? When there's pain in every part of my body? When my back is, has been completely taken to pieces by the flogging, with no skin left on it, rubbing against the wood every time I just move, when I feel the pain of the nails through my hands and my feet. Why am I going through this pain? Why am I listening to these people down here insulting me? Why am I looking at these guys gambling for my clothes? Why am I doing this? We don't know what Jesus was thinking in those six hours. I know if it was me, I would have been thinking that. What is my motivation? Why am I doing this? Why am I staying here? What are my options? I've got options. I don't have to do this. I can call on my father and he will, he will rescue me. I will call and he will send the angels to rescue me. We can guess by some of the things that he said, what he was thinking about his motivation. He said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they were doing. He was thinking about his love for us. For people. He said, secondly, to the thief next to him on the cross, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. He was thinking about his love for that thief. He said to his mother and to John, woman, here is your son. Here is your mother. He was thinking about his love for his mother and for John, one of his beloved disciples.
The answer is probably right here in verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And Jesus, maybe he inspired Jim Steinman and said, I would do anything for love. And I was looking at the, at the, at the words of the song. I was like, wow, it's actually quite inspiring. And it's almost biblical. He said, the, the song, the, the Jim Steinman song, says, I would do anything for love. I'd run right into hell and back. What did Jesus do? He went to hell and back. I would do anything for love. I'll never lie to you, and that's a fact. As long as the planets are turning, as long as the stars are burning, as long as your dreams are coming through, you better believe it that I would do anything for love. And I'll be there till the final act. I would do anything for love. And I'll take a vow and seal a pact. But then the difference is Jesus didn't say, but I won't do that. He was not like us. He said, I would do anything for love and I will do that. That thing, that thing that he says there in verse 16, I will lay down my life for you. Let us think about our love for one another and try, at least try a little bit, to break down this barrier of, I won't do that. Because I know there's so many things in my love for my brothers and sisters, and I love you all deeply. But I know I fall so far short, and sometimes I do think, Ugh, I love you, but I won't do that. Not right now, maybe another time. But if we can truly be like Jesus, then we can also truly understand that he laid down his life on the cross for us because he says, yeah, I will do that because of his love for us. As we have the bread and the wine now to remind us of the, the body of Jesus that was broken on the cross and his blood that was spilt on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, let's contemplate about the things that we sometimes think we won't do, but that Jesus did anyway for the sake of love. Let's pray. Dear God, Heavenly Father, Father, thank you so much for your incredible love for us. And thank you, Jesus, for dying for our sins on the cross. Thank you that you were willing to do that thing, to give up your life. Please help us to be inspired and encouraged and strengthened by it. Please keep on forgiving our sins. And thank you for your blood, Jesus, that was spilt on the cross for the, for the forgiveness of our sins. And Father, please forgive us today and every day. We ask this in the name of your Son, and please place this bread in our bodies and the fruit of the vine. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.